Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for July 7th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. We have an absolutely phenomenal show lined up for you today. My boy, Brandon, a.k.a. Boston Boy 83, is going to come on. We're going to talk some NASCAR. After that, my boy Jim is going to come on. We're going to talk some CFL betting. And then lastly, Nick is going to come on. We're going to talk some fantasy football. But before I jump into all that, I need to talk about this goddamn Damian Lillard situation. The thing that I find the absolute funniest with the Damian Lillard situation is in what world are we getting to that a player can determine where he wants to be traded to? Now, I get it. You want to do something good for Lillard, who's been there for a while. But if the Heat send back what they feel is a trash package and they don't want it, why should they do it? You have to do what's best for business. At the end of the day, the NBA is a business. And it just blows my mind. All these Heat fans, and I'm getting lit up by Heat fans about, oh my God, Tyler Hero, 23 years old, average 20 points a game. The Miami Heat have been trying to trade Tyler Hero for two years, but nobody will fucking take him. I repeat, the Miami Heat have been trying to trade Tyler Hero for two motherfucking years and no one will take him. And now you're just going to dump him on Portland so he can mix in with Sharp, Scoot, and Simmons, who he doesn't match up with. Let's have another ball-centric guard. Hello? What world are you living in? Like, literally, if you're a Heat fan and the roles are reversed, there's no way in fucking hell fucking hell you are taking this no way but yet the miami heat fans expect the portland trailblazers to be jumping at this opportunity nba trading is always funny to me because like you see the little fandom you see the little fanboys and they always want the trade to only work if it benefits their team they never want the fair trades that works out They only want the trade if it benefits their team. And that's kind of funny to me. The next thing is check holding rooms legit. Hopefully you guys locked in that plus 750 I gave out for him to be uh, rookie of the year. Because that's looking juicy. Boys, that's looking juicy as fuck if he hits the minimum requirements. That's looking insanely juicy. I hope you guys hit that. Third thing, NBA is going to be completely wide open. Even if Dame goes to the... Miami Heat, I think it's going to be completely wide open. But like I said, that's it for my little NBA talks. Reminder that the ETOF 2-1 Sports Show, we're going to be talking some NFL. We're going to talk the NFL previews. Really appreciate everyone being a part. Season 2 is here. I am so looking forward to Season 2. Should be great. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the podcast and let's talk some NASCAR. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some NASCAR. And who better to come on than Brandon, a.k.a. at BostonBoy83. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Trying to regroup. Was hoping we'd uh, we'd extend that streak. But uh, when a road racer, SVG, comes in, never heard of him, walks through the field and wins. It's, it's hard to hard – I mean, to that was one of the most impressive things I've seen in a while, what he was able to do. Um he was 17th with 23 laps left, and the passing there was difficult. And how that man drove from 17th to first in less than 23 laps is just he There's showed he, he showed the NASCAR drivers up. Even Chase is quoted, he's gonna go back home and literally tell all his friends how he just kicked our ass and made us look bad. Now, did you hear how Saturday night somebody snuck into the track and just was running their car? No. Yeah, this this local cannabis shop here in Chicago, they have a race car, and the owner of the cannabis shop snuck into the track and just started running laps with this car. That's hilarious. I mean, now, just... I, I will say we were looking very good, and where we got screwed in our picks is a bunch of guys made pit stops for pit strategy. Bell a bunch of people knowing that all these other guys are going to have to stop later and they were good on gas. They were fine. As soon as they pitted or I'm sorry, they were going to stay out longer, but then a a chunk of drivers chase uh, SVG, all these guys pitted right after they made a pit stop. NASCAR announces, Hey, it's getting dark. We're shortening the race by 25 laps. 
Yeah, which is just kind of bad luck. I mean, it it's is bad. It's bad luck, but I think what NASCAR needs to do moving forward, throw a competition caution, announce it to everybody. Hey, right now we're cutting the race by 25 laps. All of you have an opportunity to pit or not pit right now. Yeah. So I'm with you that it's the luck of the draw. NASCAR made a quick call to make sure the race got in. But Bell dominated that race, and nobody was going to touch him, not even SVG. And then all of a sudden, he he doesn't pit, and they do that. So Yeah, and I mean, that kind of was how he was able to make up that by not pitting, obviously. Uh, Correct. Not having Bell 20-1 to 1 hit the board was a big kick in the balls, but it is yeah. what it is. Overall, what did you think of the race? I liked it because it was there's a lot more racing involved. I thought it was going to be a train just – a line of cars with narrow streets, no room to, to make moves, but there's a lot of passing. You can clearly tell who can't road race. Noah Gregson barreled into the same tire barrels three different times. Um, it was interesting. I mean, I don't want NASCAR to move to a bunch of three, four or five di- different street races a year, but I would not be against one a year. Pick yeah, different cities. Yeah. One a year. I think that's good. Um, it was pretty big here in Chicago. Crowd was great. I'd love for it to come back. Hopefully the prices go down a little bit and I can yeah. make my way down to it uh, next year. I saw also that two-story building you were talking about. They made a big deal about that. Yeah. They showed the food. Um, and the rain was insane there. Like yes. the, the expressways were shut down here in Chicago. That's how bad the rain was. I didn't think they're going to run. Luckily it stopped. And it was this weird thing where they only had two days. Their contract was which with the city was like, look, you're running the third. No, it was the second or the third. You have to run the Sunday or the Monday. We can't extend it anymore. No, or you're gonna have to pay a fine. There's like this yeah. huge fine agreement if they if they extend it to Tuesday. So and I I thought it went good. I hope it comes back. I think I, if they could add it to this, that'd be great. Uh, they used to have the race in Joliet, which is kind of close to Chicago, not really close. At that speedway there, they don't have that anymore. Then it was just Xfinity. Now there's nobody there. So they could have one here in Chicago. I think it'd be great. Now I'd like we're to see all... them flips. Sorry. I'd like to see them go to different cities every year. Like Chicago is this year, Los Angeles next year, Texas. Like I'd like to see it jump around to different cities. That'd be cool. But could they swing that though? I don't know. They had 4.97 million viewers. It was the highest viewed NASCAR race since like the 2017 outside of the Daytona 500. It was a, the most watched race since 2017. Wow. Wow. So you know they're going to do something. They're at least going to come back to Chicago after those ratings and the drivers loving it. They, they can't not do this again. Um. Now, here's the story real quick. A man was arrested for reportedly driving on the NASCAR track race event set up in Chicago for the street races. Chicago police said the 46-year-old man was taken into custody. Preliminary investigation shows the man drove through the barrier, police said. The track was not in use at the time of the incident. Interesting. Does it it show what he drove? Um, Let me see if I can find what he drove. Um, Car that broke into NASCAR track in Chicago. Let me see what we got here. Um, a Corvette. All it says is a Corvette driver. That's all it says. All it says was a Corvette driver. No images of it. So, um. Moving on, we're at to Atlanta right now. What do you think of Atlanta? Kind of runs like a speedway, no? A super speedway. Uh, hot Atlanta. It's going to be really hot. Uh, do like what NASCAR's done. They did it in Nashville, and they're doing it with Atlanta. Knowing how hot these two races are going to be, they're racing that night. So it's Sunday night at 630. It will be pack racing. It's a mixture. It's just a smaller Daytona Talladega. So going into this week, all your odds, the lowest odd is a 10 to 1 because that's what they do. It's it. It's a toss-up. So we've talked about it for years now. When we get to these tracks, we sprinkle a little bit everywhere because you can end up with some really high odds and a guy pull off a win. So Hot Atlanta, pack racing, the big one will happen. Roll the dice. 
No pun intended. It's always yeah, it's always good to roll the dice, man. You gotta roll the dice. Uh so I have four plays. You have how many plays, my I think four. There might be a fifth, but right now I I got four. Let you go first, my family. I am chasing the win at this driver is 55 points behind the cut line. There is a chance that he could get in on points. I still don't see it happening. He needs a win to get in. Had a terrible Chicago race. Still ended up third. I'm going Chase Elliott himself at 10 to 1 odds. The number nine needs to win to get in. What a better track than Hotlanta. Hendrick cars are amazing at super speedways. I have another Hendrick driver in my picks, but I'm starting number nine himself. Chase finally gets the win and gets in. My my first one is I'm going Ryan Blaney 12 to 1. Last six races, best average finish, only finished outside of the, only one finish outside the top 10. You look how he's done in super speedways this year. Finished seventh at Daytona, second at Talladega. At Daga, he did lead 47 laps. He's one of the best speed, super speed drivers there is in the circuit. Uh, won the 2001 race. Four, no, five out of his last six, they, they've been top tens at yeah. speed. He's just, he's just really good at super speedways. I'm getting him at 12 to one. I, I'm locking him in, man. Give it to me. Give me. I had him on I had him on my list, but with you grabbing him, I'm gonna pivot to my fifth that I thought I was gonna do. So my second pick is going to be Alex Bowman at 25 to 1. Another Hendricks car, good at Atlanta, good at super speedways, always in the mix. People like working with him. He's great at drafting, pushing. He doesn't have any problems with anybody at this type of track. Excuse me. I am going with Alex Bowman in the 48 at 25 to 1. My next one is I'm going to one of the hottest drivers and his current odds. I feel I have to do it. He was an absolute nightmare at the Chicago race. And I feel that's because we're getting him at 25 to run. I'm talking about Martin Truex. Um, Third best average finish here. Two top fives. Four top tens. I'm just looking at I have a hot driver whose odds in my eyes are just too good to pass up. And for how much of a train wreck he was at um, Chicago, he's a little inflated. I'll take him 25 to one. All right. I'm going back down to the guy that dominated last week's race, Christopher Bell, 16 to one. He's been hot. He hasn't been like the talk of the track and, and nothing like completely standing out, but he's been consistent. He's been running up front. He's also good at these tracks. He had a great outing in Chicago, and for them to still have him at 16 to 1 and what's going to be like a plate race, I like uh, Christopher Bell at 16 to 1. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, my next one, this is my long shot here. And this is just look, he ran good last week. He was actually in a position to win, finished second. Good speedway driver. He won Daytona back in 2019. I'm going to take Haley at 50 to one. I love it. I love that pick. You know, as soon as you said that, I love that he's pick. He's just somebody who's done well at speedways, does well at street courses, young driver, insanely talented, and he's going to be in a position to win. Look, if you don't want to pay the 50 to one, you want to play the 10 to one. I would that you could play that too, yeah. but I have another guy I'm taking at 10 to one. So I'll do Haley at 50 to one to win it all. I like it. I'm jumping over the young gun who's been in the mix off and on very aggressive. I would go a Chastine type race or a Chastine pick this week. I'm not doing it, but I'm going to go with a guy that doesn't mind putting a bumper to somebody. I'm going with Ty Gibbs, Joe Gibbs grandson sitting at 33 to one. He's going to be in great equipment. He's got the right teammates and I could see this kid getting the win to get into the playoffs. He's up and down below the cut line. If he gets a win, he gets all that pressure off his back. It'd be his first one ever in a cup series. And what a better way to get it in Atlanta. Ty Gibbs, 33 to one. I like it. I like it. I was looking at him for my top 10 bet, but I pivoted to somebody else. You're talking young men. I'm talking old men. Give me Kevin Harvick, top 10 plus 170. 
last year. No, sorry. He's last year at this track. He's done well racing here. Let's look at his last three races. He finished 33 last time they raced here. He led laps, but he crashed. Year before 12, year before that, 21, finished 21st, but he led laps. He was in a position, bad pit stop. Yep. Seven races prior to that, they were all top tens. Fords are running well. He's running good in the track. Look, give me plus 170 here on Harvick to finish top ten. I don't want to take credit for this if this happens, but if anybody wants to sprinkle a win in Kevin Harvick at 28 to 1, when Dale Sr. passed, Kevin Harvick took over. Kevin Harvick drove the 29 car. His first win in that car came at Atlanta Motor Speedway. His last race at Atlanta Motor Speedway ever is this Sunday. What a better way to start your career with a win at Atlanta and your career with a win at Atlanta, get you into the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I don't want to add that to my list because I don't want to have five, six, seven drivers. But if you're feeling yourself a little bit and you're on the whole storyline of how it started, how it finished, Kevin Harvick at 28 to 1 is a nice little, nice little juicy Uncle Kev to get him. I like that. I like old Uncle Kev. So just to review. Oh, you have one more? One more. My long shot, after slamming in the barrels three times last week, Noah Gregson at 80 to one his only shot kind of like a justin haley at an off-road course his only shot to get into the playoffs is going to be at a super speedway if he can stay out of trouble and be there at the end noah gregson at 80 to one is your long shot at atlanta motor speedway so just to confirm my picks are haley 50 to one blaney 12 to one truex 25 to one Harvick top 10 plus 170. Mine. Noah Grayson at what? 80 to 1. Next one was Chase Elliott at 10 to 1. Yep. Christopher Bell 16 to 1. Yep. Alex Bowman 25 to 1. And you know what? Write down Harvick. I'm feeling happy. Happy Harvick. 28 to 1. Hopefully we can bounce back. Best of luck if you tail. Best of luck to you, Brandon. You as well. And let's cash some tickets. I'd like to thank Brandon for coming on the podcast. Please give him a follow at Boston Boy eighty three. He's going to be starting doing some more i racing, so be on the lookout for that. Now let's switch our attention over to some CFL and let's welcome XFL Jim to the show. This. Part of the podcast is sponsored by Royal Retros. Go to Royal Retros, use promo code SPRINGFEVER, all one word, all capitalized. That way they know that old Uncle Rico and Jimbo sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. Now let's jump into some CFL talk. We have reached the part of the podcast that is sponsored by Royal Retros. Make sure to visit Royal Retros and use promo code SPRINGFEVER. That is all one word, all capitalized. And and in this part of the podcast, we're going to be talking some CFL bets with the man, the myth, the legend at XFL, Jim. Jim, how you doing, man? What up? I'm doing great. I got that post-USFL hangover kind of like sort of starting to fade, getting ready to dive in fully to the CFL. I, I watched my first game on CFL Plus this weekend. I still can't get it in. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll I'll help you with it next week, Eric. I'll help I'll help you with it. You 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 may have to talk me through it because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing with them. Um, you know, you mentioned the USFL. You know, let's kind of play around with it. What um, what was your big takeaway of the championship? Not even takeaway. What did you think of the championship game? I thought it was good. The first half was really good. I thought it was good until it wasn't, and then it got pretty bad. Um, couple questionable ref calls, just and then it got really bad. What was that? Did you say it was good till it wasn't, and then it got really bad? Yeah. Interesting. Like, yeah. There, it hit like a point. There was a couple questionable ref calls, 
mm-hmm. in the second half, and then just some really bonehead. Like the the Maulers weren't doing much offensively the entire game. Their defense was kind of getting slashed a little bit, but that's to be expected with the Stallions team. But there mm-hmm. was a couple real boneheaded mistakes by the Maulers. Uh, just decision, just bad decision making in the in the second half that just kind of put the game too far out of reach. Yeah, I wasn't. The coaching really got to me. I really wasn't a fan of Horton's coaching style. What he did some stuff there, I thought really cost him. Um, you know, and one quick thing I want to ask you: There's Skip Holtz going to the uh, making a coaching jumps, getting a little bit of traction. What do you think of that? I think he's in the perfect spot for Skip Holtz. Um, no shot he would be on an NFL team. Zero chance at that. And I don't know, like we've kind of seen, we know what Skip Holtz is in college. I think he's a known quantity in college. Yeah. And I don't like, he's a decent G five coach. Okay. And you're not going to make as much money. No. Cause apparently we looked it up. Those USFL coaches are making pretty good fucking money. They're making some kiss wine. I think he's in a great spot. He doesn't have to recruit and he's yeah. a great, like the players seem to love him. He's in like a perfect spot here. There's like no pressure in these leagues. Which, which is great. Um, now we're going to be talking some CFL. I'm pulling it up right now. By the time you've read, sorry, read, listening to this, the Thursday night game between Saskatchewan and the Elks is already concluded. And the calories. Elks reached- cover, baby. Elks cover straight up win. Stampeders lose to the Blue Bombers. Do not cover, but it goes over the 46. So now we've reached the Saturday's game. And we're just going to be focusing on Saturday's Sunday game again because time of the podcast. First game, Ottawa Red Blacks getting two on the road against the Tiger Camel Tats over under 44 and a half. And yes, yes, yes. Finally. Yes. Finally, Masoli's back. Masoli is back. I'm so happy, dude. I can't wait. Revenge game for Masoli. They were waiting for him to come back for this one, baby. They were waiting. Give me Ottawa straight up. I think Ottawa pulls it out, too. I I, I like that a lot. I think Ottawa is going to – I think the offense is going to get get going. Tiger Cats have obviously struggled, been a disappointment of the season. I think the Red Blacks getting that win is good. I'll take, I'll take them plus the points. I'll take them plus the two. I'll take a plus the two. I'll take him straight up, and I'm not going to touch that total. I'm not going to touch that total either. Next one, we got Montreal getting seven against BC over under 45 and a half. It's a lot of points, Eric. It's a lot of points, but but this is a major bounce back spot for BC. Six INTs by Vernon Adams last week. Now, can we bet CFL props? Um, there's some books that offer it. Let me see. Let me see. I will do the research real quick for us. Let me see if I can find props. Uh, there are some props, but they probably, most of these won't be out till like um, Wednesday. Like, I guess it is so Wednesday. My, my thing is this, is I would take the under and the INTs just as a blind bet. So... Right now, they don't have that. Day of, they probably will have. Um, mm-hmm. Like, right now, all they have is yardage props. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think they even have that yet for – yeah, they just have yardage props for the for the quarterbacks. But they might have INT props day what, of. What is his yardage prop? For Vernon Adams? Yeah. 249 and a half. Seems a little low. What do you think? It does seem a little low. I think, like – I think he's hit over that like every single game so far. Let me take a quick look. I'm pretty sure he's gotten over that like every single time. That does off the top of my head, like Cody Fajardo's they have listed as higher than him. So yeah, week one, 300. Week two versus Edmonton. I think he might've gotten a little lower on that, but he didn't really need to do anything. No, 309, 309 week two. Week three against Winnipeg, I think more the same. I'm pretty sure he's still week three at Winnipeg. 237, that's the only one he went low on was Winnipeg. It just seems, I don't know, it just seems really low. Maybe 
Maybe it's the buy. You know what I mean? Maybe it's the selling low. It could, but dude, he threw three interceptions last week and still had th- almost 400 yards. Oh, yeah, that's true. He threw six INTs, sorry, six interceptions and had almost, he had 388 yards. That's kind of true. They man. just throw the ball a lot. BC, since the, like, their, their running back is fine, but since well, they lost, like, the best running back in the league this year, yeah, he throws the ball a ton. A ton. A ton. I will be also dabbling with some uh, some touchdown scores, I bet. Really? What 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 would be your favorite prop this week? Um, honestly, after seeing that, it's probably Vernon Adams over 249. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It also I might like be Cody Fajardo over 250. What what book what book are you seeing that on? Bovada. Okay. Right. I mean, like we, we will deride Bovada as much as we please because they are a little bit whatever, but congratulations to them for actually offering props. Yeah, the fact they actually have props, I absolutely love. Um, and I'll I'll definitely look to lock them in. A little bit of a shorter episode today because we only have two games, my friend. So let's just kind of review for the people what we are betting. Uh, again, the first two games will already be concluded by the time you listen to this. So Ottawa and the Tiger Cats, both Jim and I like the two, are going to be betting the plus two. Jim's going to be betting the plus 115 in terms of this game with the bc lions it from what i gathered it sounds like neither one of us are going to be betting a sigh but we're going to be betting that over i will be betting the over yes i'm 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 thinking points we will be betting the over and we will be looking for the over in the passing yards for bc's quarterback too as well i got one more oh oh jimbo give it to me lucky whitehead nine to one first touchdown Lucky Whitehead, nine to one. Look at you, dude. Just calling your shot, man. I love it. I love it. I love it, Jimbo. I love it. I love it. Jim, why don't you, do you tell the people where they can find you on social media, my friend? You can find me everywhere at XFL Jim. This is kind of like venturing into my off season where I only have the CFL to really worry about. No XFL, no USFL. So the YouTube channel is going to get real weird for the rest of the year. Be ready for that. You can find me with this guy. With Eric over here, college football tailgate every Thursday, spring fever every Wednesday night, live. And uh, you can find me with uh, with our, our mutual friend, our buddy Chase, on the gymnasium every Monday. Yep. Uh, make sure to check out the gymnasium. I always check it out a little bit when I'm getting ready for nappy nap time. Uh, you know what? Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, my friend. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim on all social media. Now let's shift our attention over to some fantasy football with my boy Nick, aka at NAA Fantasy. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking about some fantasy football, and we're going to be doing fantasy football previews of the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. And who better to join us than Nick, aka at NAA Fantasy on Twitter? Nick, how are you doing today, my man? Great, except I may need to get my bottle of scotch out to talk about the Jets and the Packers today. <laughs> I mean, interesting <laughs> teams, really interesting teams. Um, obviously, those are going to be the two teams that, we, that we're that we going to be talking about. The Packers, you know, they made some big news in the offseason bringing in Aaron Rodgers. Currently right now, Aaron Rodgers is, is oh, sorry, last season was QB 13. And he didn't score over 20 points in any game last season. Now with Nate Hackett as the OC, decent offensive line. He's going off the board as quarterback 17 and ADP of 104. What are your thoughts of Rodgers and are you going to be drafting him this year? Uh, well, I mean, last season was the first time since 2017 that he finished outside the top 10 in fantasy. Uh, he finished with the lowest QB rating of his career last season and had the second most interceptions in the season in his career. The only other time he threw more inter- interceptions in the season was his first full year starting in 2008. So I know we're getting him at a discount, you know, QB 17, uh, you know, but with him changing to the Jets, Hackett has the OC and Salah wanting them to be a run first team. You know, he's really, he's really a pass for me 
Um, you know, if you had a two quarterback league, I mean, I think he's got value as a, as a second QB, um, but I'm just not that high on him. He's starting to trend downward for me. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Now this backfield is an interest for me and I want to be invested in it, but we have Brees Hall coming off a major injury. Offensive line is good. Jets are saying Hall's going to be ready to go week one versus the bills. Hall is currently running back 12 in an ADP of 28. What are your thoughts on Mr. Brees Hall? I love Brees Hall. Um, I really hope he can come back healthy and stay healthy. Uh, I really think he can claw his way into the top 10 in running backs this year, especially with that improved offensive line. I'm, I'm in on Brees going after him. I like Brees a lot too. I think he's going to be a good value play. I think you're going to be able to get him at a good discount. Um, I really think that moving forward with our drafts, Brees Hall is someone we're going to be wanting to target if the news continues to be good with his legs. Now we get to the wide receivers. Jets have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Mikael Hardman, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and Randall Cobb. Who are you liking, if any? I like Garrett Wilson. <laughs> as you as you smirk about that um you know i mean come on he was offensive rookie of the year last year with literally the worst quarterback play in the league i mean that's just crazy to me so <clears throat> aaron Rodgers obviously a huge upgrade compared to zach wilson even though aaron Rodgers is trending downward for me still a huge upgrade um and already Aaron Rodgers is comparing Garrett Wilson to another Devonte Adams, which we all know how that duo worked out in green Bay. So I'm, I'm in on Wilson. Um, I'm out on Lazard. I mean, last year he was just the, you know, the guy who picked up first downs on third down situations. I think that's going to be the same thing that Rodgers is going to lean on him in, uh, in New York. He's going to pick up the third downs, but he's not going to do any damage. He's not going to get you big numbers. He's going to get you four to five catches a game, maybe six, 50 to 60 yards. Uh-oh, we seem to have reached a pause with Nick. He will be back shortly. Um, you hear me, buddy? Yeah. All right, I lost you. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure the point you're making was a stellar point, too. Um, where did I? Alan Lazard. Okay. Alan Lazard. He's going to be the guy that picks up first downs on third down situations. He's just like he did in green Bay. He's not going to do any damage in New York. So I'm out on Lazard. Um, Hardman's a boomer bus guy for me because of, uh, you know, he's got speed. He's going to be another Marquez Valdez Scantling for Rodgers like he was in Green Bay. Um, I obviously don't trust Corey Davis. I never have. Um, you know, he's never proven anything to me in his career. Uh, Mims and Cobb, they're non-factors unless, you know, somebody gets injured or you're in a deep league. Um, maybe a situational play in DFS at some point, but uh, they're non-factors to me. Now, are we going to have our discussion about Garrett Wilson now? Yeah. I mean. So, everyone is comparing him to Devontae Adams, correct? Even Aaron Rodgers, yes. Aaron Rodgers is an idiot. We all know that. <laughs> um, Come on. How, how big is Devontae Adams? Well, he's a big guy. 6'1", 216. Yeah. So reality is he's 5'11", 200 pounds. Okay. <laughs> well, no, that's the reality. I mean, all these guys are listed as bigger. Yeah. Garrett Wilson yeah. is listed as 6'190 pounds. Yeah. 5'9", five foot, five foot buck 75. <laughs> I've seen Garrett Wilson in person, and he is small as hell. Okay. That's number one. Number two. 38 receptions, 466 yards, three TDs. You know what that is? That's Devontae Adams' first year with Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. 2015, 50 receptions, 
483 yards, one TD. Mm-hmm. 216, this is the Jordy Nelson injury year. 275, 997, 12 TDs. Adams did not see double-digit targets until his third year playing with the Green Bay Packers. Now, as a Packers fan and someone that has watched many Aaron Rodgers games, what is the one thing Aaron Rodgers does? Is he throws it to people he trusts. You saw last year, he had that deep pass to that rookie from North Dakota State whose whose name I'm passing him. And that that kid dropped the ball. Yeah. How much was Watson the factor of the passing game the rest of the year? Well, it took it took at least, I think, three or four games before Rodgers went back to him. And then he had one game where he scored what three or four touchdowns mm-hmm. in one game. And that and then everybody was like, oh, but it's still, I mean, yes, I understand your points. I understand that, you know, he's got to earn trust in Garrett Wilson. And I think I'm seeing that in training camp, but we'll see what happens in the real games. Um, but and they're going to be a run first team. They are. They are. I mean, but but all, you got to remember, too, that Mike McCarthy always said, we got to establish the run. We got to establish the run. So he was always trying to run the ball. But yet Aaron Rodgers still was able to throw 30 plus touchdowns and, you know, throw over 3,500 yards, maybe 4,000 yards you know, a season. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but. And let's go back to your boy Rogers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Last year they played an extra game, right? Yeah. He threw for 500 yards less. I know. He had 11 less TDs, eight more INTs, and he was dinking and dunking. The only time he took shots downfield was if it was a free play. I just don't think that my, my mindset is like, look, if we look at ADP right now and we look at the people around them, I feel there's less, what's the word I'm looking for? Less bus potential. If I take another guy, which brings me to our exercise today. These are the guys right around him. My boy, St. Brown or Wilson. I'm high on St. Brown higher than Wilson. I mean, I believe he's going to see more targets and have more opportunities, you know, so I, I really like St. Brown over Wilson. Devontae Smith or Wilson? I like Wilson. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, excuse me, that one, when do I change it to Wilson or A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. Wilson or Devontae Adams? No, Devontae Adams. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> I'm gonna look at fantasy football. Maybe. I mean, you saw you saw even even last year when Adams went to the Raiders that you know he's still he's still that guy. So even with there's questions like hypothetically, like it doesn't look even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo is just gonna be dinking and dunking. I mean. So let's just kind of look. We'll look at number one wide receivers, okay? Because that's what Wilson is supposed to be, the number one wide receiver. So number one wide receivers around. I can't believe people are drafting Garrett Wilson over Devontae Adams. Um, I'm, well, I wouldn't. But <laughs> What about Ola, Olave or um, Garrett Wilson? Mm, I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson still. DK Metcalf. Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I, man, I'm still slightly higher on Wilson. Um, Ridley. Ooh, oh god. <laughs> I like Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to be a lock as a top ten wide receiver. I'm going with Ridley. Debo. Oh, you know, if if Shanahan actually utilizes him as a dual threat, I've got Debo higher. It just blows my. I'm looking at it right now, and Garrett Wilson is wide receiver nine coming off the board. Overall, thirteen. 
So a lot Nick, of wide receivers uh, going. Nick, Nick Chubb or Garrett Wilson? <laughs> oh, it's a Nick Chubb, hundred percent. Come on. Saquon Barkley or Garrett Wilson? Saquon. Jonathan Taylor or Garrett Wilson? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I mean, like this is just absurd to me that he's being drafted this high. Like this is really mind-boggling to me. Um, now with the tight end position, well, you and I will have to have a beer bet. We'll have to we'll have to come up with who, um, like a reasonable number for him. All right. Well, no, it'll be this. It'll, the bet will be if he overperforms his ADP. So if he's wide receiver nine and he finishes higher than nine, you win the bet. If he finishes lower than nine, I win the bet. <laughs> I mean, oh. we'll, we'll talk about it off there. Now, yeah. <laughs> with the tight, tight end positions, we have CJ Usma, Tyler Conkin. Do you have any interest in drafting either one of these guys? Uh, I mean, drafting season long, no. DFS situational play, Conklin, yeah. I mean, if the if the tight end matchup against the defense is right, I mean, he uh, he had some booms last year and some good matchups. So, you know, he's a situational play for me. Um, I agree with you 100% on that. Targets for me, I just want Bryce Hall. That's it. I'm completely fading Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I mean, Hall is, is definitely a target for me. Wilson is – I like Wilson, uh, but it does depend on the situation. I mean, somebody could easily come in front of me and overdraft him, and I'll be like – I won't be like that torn up about it. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot There's a lot down there that, uh, you know, you can go right with over Wilson too. Now, with Rodgers leaving the Packers, we're going to switch over to the Packers. We finally have Jordan Love taking over. Now, you may not know this. When I did my draft projections back then, my quarterback rankings were Burrow 1, Jordan Love 2, Justin <laughs> Herbert 3. I forget who I had 4, and I had 2 of 5. So I was high on Jordan Love. I was really high. What are you feeling about him going into this season? ADP of 20. Is he a best ball punt? Do we have value in two quarterback leagues? Or is he going to shine in this Matt LaFleur system? I mean, my expectations are low for him in his first year. I, it, The Packers can't get that lucky three times in a row with having, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers, you know, Favre, Rodgers, and then Love. I mean, no, I just – I don't see that here. Um, I just don't see – I'm I'm not, I'm not high on expectations here this year, and I you know he could have some value as a QB two in some in some two QB leagues, um, you know because he may have to throw a lot because Packers will probably be behind in a bunch of games, uh, but I don't see much more than that though. But I mean, I guess the thing to do with Jordan Love is I agree with you, um, you know in two quarterback leagues you have to draft him. If week one he looks like a stud. Or if the preseason stuff, he's just tearing shit up, then we may have to draft him toward the, if we need him. You know what I mean? Like you could draft him as a backup. Um, you know, like I just, I just kind of feel like with him, since his starts, since that game he started against KC a couple years ago, wasn't that impressive? Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, what I'm I mean? not. I'm not a risky. I'm not a risky guy with that type of stuff. So I, for me, I, I stay away from him unless yeah. you know you really see. Something I guess. That I guess the thing is, is there's like a huge margin. Oh you yeah. Know what I mean? Like his margin is really big. Like these other guys, like someone like a Herbert or um, a Burrow, their margins like this. You know, they're going to be QB three or QB six. Yeah. Someone like Love's going to be QB twenty eight or boom QB ten. You know, he's going to finish somewhere in between there. Or is he going to do a Justin Fields where he was like <laughs> QB, yeah. QB 28, and then all of a sudden after a few weeks, he's like all the way up to the top five? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that's happening, but we'll see. Now, with Rodgers leaving, we're finally ha- – oh, sorry. With the running back positions, interesting, you have both Dylan and Jones. Jones's ADB is 48. Dylan's is 84. What are your thoughts – 
on them? It's tough because, you know, I know we've talked about this offline. You know, it's drafting both of them is probably really the only way you're going to get value, which is a gamble in itself because you get one, you're not guaranteed to get the second one. But if you're able to, you know, drafting Jones and then handcuffing with Dylan is, and then having one in the flex could be really your only way to get value because it's not a great outlook here due to the fact that, you know, the collective opinion is that the Packers will be behind in games and they're, they're going to have to abandon the run, but they do need to lean on the run. They do. And I mean, because something to think about is this. Now, I want to get your opinion of this because you are a Packers fan. How many more, how much more productive are these guys going to be with Rodgers not constantly audibly in the plays? Yeah. I'm, but that's the thing is that, you know, the other teams are going to know that Love is new. And he's he's coming out there for the first time, and he's going to need to lean on the run. He's going to need to lean on his security blankets of tight ends and and short throws. So you're you know your slot guy. I, you know, I just find that he's going to be throwing it out to a running back, or he's going to be throwing it short. I don't think he's going to be airing the ball out that much. Maybe he will, but. I really think the only way you're going to get value is if you have both of them, because in certain situations you may get more from Dylan one game, you may get more from Jones. It depends on the game situation, the way the the game runs. Now, Jonathan Taylor was hurt most of last year, correct? How many games, how many games did he miss? Um, let's see. How many games did Jonathan Taylor play last year? Um, he played eleven. Played eleven games. Okay. Yeah, so he missed. He missed six games. He played eleven games. Yeah. How many carries inside the five do you think he had? At eight. I was going to say 10, but okay. That's how many A.J. Dillon had for the season. How many? 10. 10. Now, which is pretty low in my eyes when you have someone as big as A.J. Dillon. Cam Akers, who only played the second half of the season at eight carries. Um, I'm looking. Joe Burrow had seven. <laughs> Melvin Gordon had six. Kenny Pickett had six. I don't even see. I don't even see Aaron Jones, dude. Like I don't even like. I literally. I don't see Aaron Jones at all here on this list, unless I missed him. I am looking at red zone carries right now, and I literally I don't see inside the five Aaron Jones flipping anywhere, dude. Brock Purdy, five. Marcus Mariota, four. Oh, Aaron Jones, inside the five. Two attempts. So Mitch Trubisky and Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins, Daryl Henderson, Boston Scott, Zonel Knight, Rashad White, Madison, Joshua Kelly, freaking eight, Zach Moss. (laughs) <laughs> had more carries than Aaron Jones did in inside the five. Yeah, I mean, two carries I, for two yards. That's what I think. There's going to be some value on Aaron Jones this year, dude. I really think people. I, I like. I think he's going to be able to get some touchdowns. I think Dylan's going to be able to get some touchdowns, just because we're not going to have Rogers wanting to throw the ball for your touchdowns. Boy, your boy Jones. <laughs> your your boy constantly trying to freaking. You know what I Chuck mean? Into I, the end zone. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. That's just what I think. Um, they got to get down there first, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. 
Uh, wide receivers, they have a real young mix of Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Jalen Green. What are your thoughts on this group as a fan first, and then in terms of building a fantasy lineup second? Oh, I mean, yeah, they're they're young. Um, I, you know, I hear that Love likes Dobbs, um, but honestly, I I, I like Jaden Reed. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a good player for them, um, and I think he's going to end up taking a lot of throw, a lot of catches away from Dobbs, you know, pretty yeah. quickly, and you know. Dobbs could find himself kind of, you know, in that third, third fiddle. Down um, yeah. I mean, I'm still, the jury's still out on Christian Watson for me. Um, you know, being a fan, I mean, this, this group is just so young, <laughs> so it's really hard, but you know, as a, from a fantasy perspective, you know, uh, Watson was all over the map last year. I'm staying away from him. You know, I do like Dobbs because love likes him favorite target in training camp right now. Um, I think, you know, Dobbs is currently wide receiver 62 and ADP of 156. So he could be a 13th, 14th round pick to keep an eye on late, late pick. Um, I like Jaden Reed as a late round flyer as well. Uh, he's more talented than Dobbs and could jump him in the pecking order. Like I said, um, but you know, those two guys really only late round flyers for me. Now you have two rookie tight ends and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. What are your thoughts? Musgrave, you know, early on looks like he's going to be the starter. Um, you know, both these guys are big guys, six, five, six, six, two fifty something. Um, you know, and Musgrave is six, six and he has four, four, six speed, which is kind of scary. So, um, you know, if if Rogers was there, I, I would target uh, Musgrave. But you know, in Love's first season, I'm I'm staying away from him. You know, maybe next year for the rookie. Um. So basically, you like the idea of trying to get Jones and Dylan together. Is there anyone yeah. else that you target here? I mean, again, just Dobbs and Reed as you late. know possible late round flyers. You know, that's but in really... best ball, like for those listening to this that do a best ball, you would absolutely hammer these guys. Yeah, 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 exactly. I... Yeah, Dylan and Jones package deal. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's hard to it's hard to really see a lot of value out of them. I agree hundred percent. Like I I would want Dylan and Jones together. Like that's that's what I want. Nick, I'd like to excuse me. I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day for coming on and talking some fantasy football. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, my friend. You can find me at NAA fantasy on Twitter. Always a pleasure, Eric. Thanks again. We'll talk season's next right week. Around, season's right around the corner. My friend next week, we'll probably be doing three teams. Um, those three teams. Yeah, but I'll make sure I tweet out which teams we're going to be doing. Nick, I would say good luck, but you're not betting anything. I always tell everyone good luck in your bets, but you don't you don't bet anything. So uh, I will say just that fantasy week. guy. <laughs> <laughs> have a good weekend, my friend. We'll talk soon. Please give my boy Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. That's it for the podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. Reminder: the ETOF Two One Sports Show is live this Tuesday. We'll be previewing the NFC South. With my boy Chase, make sure to check that out. Best of luck if you tail my bets and let's make some money.